This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you can learn to work and play, and get along with each other. Oh, hello everybody and welcome back to Wednesday Night War Games. I'm Gareth Kidney and I'm of course joined by Liam. G'day mate, I'm Australian. Barbie shrimp. Kangaroos. Alright, and of course that's a tradition. <laughs> what? I don't know, that's lost it. Lost it completely. You, could, you couldn't keep up the wonderful Irish accent for an entire hour? <laughs> it was... It was going better in my head when I didn't have to think about it, but then I was like, oh, I actually have to think about what you would say. In fairness, I ran through all of my Australian stereotypes in four words. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't doing stereotypes. You were just rattling off my famous catchphrases. You should have started saying, like, leprechauns and um, pots of gold over rainbows and Bono. What other what other Irish stereotypes are there? Um, can't Potatoes, say any of, of the ones I'm thinking of. Potato- oh, yeah, you, yeah I, I can say them. You can't. That's the, that's the way this works, isn't it? Yeah, I'll talk about the emu war. The second, yeah, when you lost to birds, your entire nation was disgraced. Well, we weren't disgraced. You lost a war to birds. Come on. A lot of people lose war to birds. You ever been to a beach? We just lost a war to the Brits for 800 years. Oh, God. But we finally won. You gave up on the emus. You're like, fine, take the land. And now we're running them out naturally, so who won in the long run, birds? <laughs> we're getting, we're killing the planet to get rid of the birds. <laughs> I mean, a valid and true cause, in my opinion. What are your thoughts on birds? Uh, I don't like them. They're flying rats. All of them? You don't like animals in general? All animals can't be trusted. They'll overthrow us someday. We have to keep an eye on them. And I think they should overthrow us, because we are terrible. Yes, we probably deserve it, but we have to put up a fight. They have to earn it. Nah, I'm willingly giving the planet to my animals. I guess we have wrestling shows to talk about. Do we? There's no birds on the wrestling shows. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, John Devlin versus David Starr from OTT. Uh, a match that's four and a quarter stars. A match that is five stars and the match of the year. That's too many stars. Uh, every week we talk that's about only one star in that match. And NXT and AEW on last week. AEW's a really good show. Let's just... We're talking like AEW's not a great show. I loved AEW this week. AEW's fantastic. A lot of fun. You know what's good about AEW? It's a good wrestling show. That's what's good about well, AEW. Yes. But um, I was... This morning I was like, oh, cool, AEW's on. And then AEW finished. I was like, oh, I have to wait a week. And I was like, I don't have to wait a week. There's a show this weekend. We have full like, gear I actually Saturday. Felt that much joy. That you only have to go three more days without more AEW instead of seven. And NXT also happened. NXT was also a show. We'll get to that in the back half of the show. AEW Dynamite opened with the Bastard Pack defeating Trent in a very good match with an unfortunate finish. Hey man, Orange Cassidy's a big star. <laughs> I I think they've like they've they've introduced Orange Cassidy in like the perfect small do- doses of orange juice. That, that it's like here, have your little shot of orange, and that's all you need, and everyone's happy. I- are you saying that it's orange concentrate? Yeah, they, they've concentrated the orange down to its most pure form every week, and then Pac kicks him in the face, and you don't have to see him again. I think I like I love Orange Cassidy. He should be main eventing world champion Orange Cassidy someday. Do you think? He, what do you think they're going to do with Orange? That's what I was like. What do you think their plan long long term is? Because he's like one of the top five most over people on the show. That, 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 that is the problem with meme characters. It's like, all right, like the meme will get old. But Orange is a very talented performer. So what do you do next? Do you, like, have him snap one day and just be, like, a great wrestler? Like, is that the, the end point? Like, but then does he lose the charm? Yeah. The, 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 you, you have to, it's a weird juggling act of you want to keep him what people really like about him, but also evolve him in a meaningful way so that he doesn't get stale or old. Or, like, the problem with every shtick character that ever gets over in the history of wrestling it's like, it's fun for two months, and then you've seen the shtick four times, and then it's like, alright, what's next? So what's next for Orange Cassidy? Who knows, but he's great for now. Can he overstay Fandangoing? Well, Fandangoing lasted literally a night, so yes. You're on Fandangoing right now. Fandango, like literally, that was a thing for one night on a Raw after WrestleMania. Then WWE beat it into the ground, and everyone hated it immediately. 
Also, another <laughs> thank you to Chris Jericho in a roundabout way. Chris Dude Jericho. makes anything a thing. He does make many, 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 many things a thing. But uh, yeah, this finish was strange. One, one of three things happened in this finish because Pac- I, I know exactly what happened. Pack hit the black arrow. Uh, the referee counted one. He counted two, and then he stopped. Trench did not kick out. Trent did not put his foot under the rope. The referee just stopped. So one of three things was meant to happen. Pac was meant to pull Trent up and transition into the Brutalizer. Trent was meant to kick out and Pac was meant to transition into the Brutalizer. Or the referee was meant to count three. So like, like in, in, in one instance, one of these people is at fault. I cannot tell you whom. I think um, Trent was supposed to kick out. That seems like just in the way that he stopped, like he was ready. He was ready to stop the big two. Like, he wasn't stopping because he thought Trent got a shoulder up or something. Yeah, but I, I, to put it back on Bryce Ramsburg, he certainly should, should have counted yes. the three. But, alas, it was a really good match. Uh, and plus, like, I think they covered up for it fine. He just immediately put him in the Brutalizer and tapped him out. Yeah. As, as a general <laughs> I feel like referee, we're going to focus on the bad bits of this match, but this match was a lot of fun. Yeah, this match was great. Uh, like, Best Friends have been, like, just a low-key, really fun part of the show. And again, AEW have a bunch of secret weapons, one of which is probably Trent, who you could heat up to do anything at any stage whatsoever. Yeah, that's exactly what we were saying about the Lucha Brothers. Mm. They got Trent in the wing ready to go, they got the Lucha Brothers in the wings ready to go. It's just really a matter of time. After the match, Pac cut a promo on Hangman Page. This is basically the, the, the same thing that started last week's show, except Pac instead of Page. I did like Pac mentioning Hangman's naughty words. Yes. Pac's got, like, a great, slimy voice. Says the man who comes out to being introduced as the bastard every week. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Is Where, where is Pac in, like, in-ring performance in AEW at this point? He's, like, probably top five. Like, he's arguably the most consistent. He's the best heel the company has. Yeah, because he's, like, someone who's over who actually gets booed. And he, he like, like, it's not Galway he, and literally everything he does like amplifies his character. Like every facial expression, every movement is meaningful. He's so good at those little small things. He's probably I'd say he's top five in this company. And if you think about it, like even though we like think of him as this big star in the company, obviously he's also one of these guys who are waiting in the wing and can easily be a title contender whenever they want. Yeah, him and Hangman Page are basically the one A and one B of the upper mid card. Hmm. And I can't wait for Park to get, like, a main event, like, run with something. I don't, like, him and Omega? Who knows? I'd imagine, yeah, Omega's probably beating Jericho, and then they're surely going to do an Omega and Pac promo after that, and that, or a program after that, and that will be very good. Yeah. Very good wrestling on a very good wrestling show. Cody came out to make his big announcement. His announcement is that if he does not beat Chris Jericho, he will never, ever challenge for the AEW World Championship again. It shouldn't be as novel as this was for a guy to walk out and cut a good emotional go-home promo for a pay-per-view as this was. Because, like, that should happen every time WWE has a pay-per-view. Every time everybody has a pay-per-view. They should have, like, world title challengers cutting these big emotional promos. And nobody does it anymore. So Cody coming out and doing it is like, oh... This is so fresh and novel and yet somehow both a throwback at the same time. And Cody was so good! He's really good at, like, rallying the troops. Mm. When Cody comes out there and he starts speaking, like, he gets those people, and those people are like, they're in. They believe it again. They're like, Cody is our guy. Yeah, when he's like, the AEW is inclusive, it's uh, it's about freedom, which I think the word freedom was an interesting word to use in light of the recent Saudi Arabia stuff. Mm. Um, I, I don't think that was uh, a, 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 conven- a convenient choice of words from Cody. But yeah, he, he basically came out and was like, oh, D- Dusty Rhodes always got criticism because he was part of management. And I'm part of management. So if I don't win, I'm never challenging again. And he, then he caught a great promo on Jericho about how Jericho's like, oh, you have a silver spoon in your mouth. And then he pointed out that Jericho is the his son of a famous hockey player. So it's like hmm. a pot kettle. I really thought that Cody was going to like step down as management in KFA. That's I literally started writing that on my notes. I was like, <laughs> Cody steps down. I had to cross it out. I was like, oh, we'll never challenge for the belt ever again. I guess both. It's, it's two ways of getting it. Cody is the... Is, well, actually, do you think Cody wins? Because I don't think he does. I mean, he shouldn't. But I could see him winning. Yeah. Like, I, I think there's so much... 
left with Jericho as champ. I, I think like every week Jericho is doing something new that is getting like not mainstream but mainstream for wrestling standards attention, and it's happening every week with something Jericho does. So why not keep running that until it goes cold? I would have no problem with Cody winning, but I do not think he will, and I do not think he should. But I would also have no problem with him winning. Yeah, it's wow, what a good position to be in. Where yeah. we're just like, oh, either one. Yeah, any any outcome is okay. <laughs> we we see the pros and cons of both. Uh, SCU and the Lucha Bros came out on commentary for the Private Party against Dark Order match. I really liked that they had guest Spanish commentators. Yeah, what a cool little touch. Even yeah. though that wasn't on the main stream. We got to listen to boring Kaz and S.E.R. and Scorpio Sky commentary where they said nothing, but I'm sure the Lucha Bros said something interesting. Oh, they said something really fun, which is when they all ganged up on JR. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You could tell, like, there was a brief moment there where Tony and Excalibur were like, thank God somebody's mentioning it. Like, J.R. wasn't as, like, destructive as he usually is in this show, but he sounded so grumpy from, like, the opening match. It's like, oh, I'm just grumpy. <laughs> Woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah, he's just mad. What are your thoughts on a number two contendership match? Uh, what's even weirder is it was that it's the first tournament I've ever seen in my life. I think that had the third place playoff after the final. I've never heard that, but sure, it's more important. They got their little. It was a better match. No, it was not. In the finals. No, it wasn't. This was 100% a better match than the finals. No, this was a perfectly fine match. I liked the match, oh, but it definitely like wasn't a better match than the finals. No, the, the finals was rushed and messy. This was a concise, well-worked tag match. Yeah, but the other one was fun, and this one was pretty good. No, I like this one more. I will say, I really like their subversion of formula, where like they built forever to get the hot tag. They built it yes. and built it and built it. And then Uno just killed him the second he came in with the hot tag. Like, I can't remember the last time that's happened. Like, every time it's hot tag comeback. But no, this time it's hot tag. Just cut him off again. Yeah, I, I threw up my arms because it was such a, like, a long build to it, too. It wasn't like it was a quick heat segment. I, I, yeah, this is great. I adore subversion of formula. If you build formulas over time in wrestling, the best thing you can possibly do is flip them. And that's what they did here. And people don't do that often enough. It's just, let's just do it the way it's always done, because that's the way it's always been done. Instead of saying, how is it always done, and then how can we surprise people? And that's what they did in this match. It was probably the best Dark Order match, maybe? I don't know. Maybe the the 2v2v2 match at the Daily's place. Mm. That might be better, because that had like the... The super coming out moment for Luchasaurus. Yeah, but that, that, that had nothing to do with Dark Order, though. That was all Luchasaurus. Yeah, but I'm judging the match, not judging the performance. Like, th- this was the least bored I've been of the Dark Order. <laughs> Is it because Evil Uno has a nice jacket now? It might be. Even, like, because the, the, the nerds at ringside... It looks so much better now. <laughs> the, the nerds at ringside even have their nice little tracksuits now. They, they all look better. It's a... It only took them, what, six weeks? <laughs> but they lost the private party, so they're very clearly, like, one of the lowest teams. They're very low on the pecking order these days. From being, like, the highest on the pecking order at the start. From from being like, the... next to the Bucks and Lucha Brothers, like, they were clearly positioned to be, like, the number three. Yeah, you thought they were coming into feud with the Young Bucks, and nope, they're dumped down to below private party. You think they're going to give up on the Dark Order? I think if you were going to give up on the Dark Order, you would have given up on the Dark Order by now. Plus, I think you can always do it. If you want to, like, change them back to video game nerds, you can always do that. Yeah. So maybe try, try and... Because they are getting better reactions each week because they're having better matches and people are getting into them. So, like, there's a chance that they could get over. So maybe keep trying. Because you can always just go, they got hit in the head and they like video games now. Mm-hmm. That makes Private Party against SEU against the Lucha Bros the tag team title. Why are the Lucha Bros getting another title? It doesn't matter. <laughs> they were number two. But they lost. By a roll-up. They still lost. In a fluky manner. But they still lost. Listen, I'm trying to justify it here. But yeah, that's your Remember, in AEW, it's not just the wins, it's the quality of wins as well. It's apparently the quality of losses as well. Mm. We then got the best thing on the show, and as I told you before you watched the show, the best thing in the history of AEW. <laughs> yeah, um... When Garrett tells me that there is something 
that it's going to be on the show that he really likes, I know that it's actually going to be good because he very rarely messages me beforehand on a show that we're both going to watch and is like, you have to see this bit. Yeah. I do it all the time. You do it very rarely. Because usually I watch AEW before you do and then you watch NXT before I do. Hmm. So usually I'm like, I, I will say very little about AEW because I know you don't like your spoilsies. Not on a show that's like only just aired. <laughs> and then, yeah, I don't really care about NXT spoilers. But <laughs> Wow, is that a bias? Perhaps. Uh, mm. No, one is just better than the other. A couple of weeks wow. ago, <laughs> you may have remembered we had a video package on Cody. In which he, 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 it was a really good video package. He was all melancholy and they were talking about how, oh, he's so prepared for this match against Jericho. And then tonight they aired in an inner circle piss take of that video. And it was amazing. <laughs> like there okay. are, there are like four or five things in this video that got like honest to goodness belly laughs out of me. Are we going to break this down? <laughs> oh, we're, bre- we're breaking this all the way down. All right. First shot. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy G coming in there with the two bubbly options and doing it like Brandy. Jericho getting up and kissing him on the head and walking away. My favorite part of that is like Sammy wasn't surprised. He just kind of looked at him and was like, thanks, Dad. Yeah, like Sammy is just Chris Jericho's son. Yeah. Then, of course, we go to the bathtub. Yes, and we're, we cut to a shot of Jericho sitting melancholy in a bathtub, drinking a little with bit of the bubbly. On. With pants on. And a scarf. Was it a scarf? Yeah, a scarf, right? Then we cut to a bunch of talking heads, including Santana and Ortiz. Ortiz is, is given a lower third that says ruffian. Yes. And Santana was street thug. Street thug. Uh, Jake Hager just stood there and stared at the camera multiple times. Did you, did you see his name? Oh, it was the big something. I don't remember it. It was Big Hurt. Big Hurt, yes. Like, what the, the Big Hurt? When has he ever been called that? <laughs> He's big, and he hurts people. It makes sense. And the balls. I'm getting not enough like play on Jack Swagger naming people in the balls. Well, he he didn't. Well, I suppose he interfered in the main event, but then didn't he anybody there, in there the balls? Was, no, he did. It was the last thing that happened on the show. Oh, when uh, we, before it cut to black, he need Cody in the balls, <laughs> and then like it cut away, and then it cut to black. There you go. It was the big climax of the show. What more do you want? But there, it was no mention towards this. I think it was just a thing that I noticed. <laughs> If you remember, DDP was the talking head role in that Cody video. <laughs> so instead, they got Virgil to play the talking head role. Uh, old partner of Ted DiBiase, you may remember. Famous for sitting alone in meet and greets. Also <laughs> Vincent. Uh, Virgil was talking about how Cody was great and how he was... De- or C- Cody, the other one. Jericho was great and how Jericho was destined to win the AEW title. And then, probably my favourite part, they cut to... Chris Jericho's aunt's friend from church. <laughs> yes. The, the, one of the great things that like you only really get if you watch one after the other, they are literally using the exact words yeah. that was used in the other one. Like, DDP goes, I've known Cody since he was 12. And then Virgil goes, I've known Chris since he was 12. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris Jericho's aunt's friends from church t- talks about how he's going to, to kick Cody's ass at, at full gear. Uh, Sammy Guevara beat the shit out of it. She said the S word on TNT. <laughs> she did. Not even Chuck Taylor gets to do that. Sammy Guevara pointed out that Chris Jericho is breaking boundary because he is the youngest AEW champion in history. <laughs> He's in the prime of his life. He's only forty-eight years old. <laughs> the youngest champion in history. Uh, my favorite part, honestly, they showed training footage of Chris Jericho <laughs> in which he was practicing the Judas effect. <laughs> That was, I think, that was the original Judas Effect hype videos from uh, when uh, from before All Out. This was a tremendous use of that footage. Then, just your, your, um, your classic. They also spliced him riding the skateboard, <laughs> <laughs> which is something that like TNT fans didn't see because that wasn't on the broadcast. So, probably... out of context, it's just Chris Jericho <laughs> riding a skateboard. This was like, as I said, this is the best thing in the history of the show. This was so good. This is why Chris Jericho needs to retain. Yeah. Because we need more stuff like this. I, I love the, the contrast on this show of Cody doing his big emotional promo. It's like, if I don't win, I'm never going to challenge again. And Jericho's just like, I'm going to take the piss out of you. <laughs> it's like not taking it seriously at all. No. <laughs> I really hope he retains. I need more of like big money Jericho. He can still do this even if he loses, Liam. 
what's he gonna do? Like, half of his shtick is that he calls himself a champion. Le champion. God, I love, I love Chris Jericho, man. Uh, if you haven't seen this video, you you absolutely have to watch this. Like this video, it's on, on the AW Twitter. You it, can find it. It's on their Twitter. If it's not on their YouTube, it probably will be eventually. We'll retweet it. It's so good. It is so good. Like as I said, this got like four honest to goodness belly laughs out of me. This is like this is the the best thing in the history of AEW television. This is a good AEW TV show for the memes. Mm. The, the the lines from this meme signs. Lines from this are going to be quoted forever. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Jericho's gonna beat the shit out of Cody. That's <laughs> just an old lady saying it. <sighs> uh, that leads us into... Oh, we forget the great... The, one of the, my favourite bits of it was when Jericho was talking and he's like, you know, Cody has to do all these meetings. <laughs> all I have to do is find a place to go drink the bubbly after. <laughs> and that's a lot of responsibility. Like, <laughs> I was dying at that point. Uh, Chris Jericho said we don't deserve him Chris Jericho first ballad AEW Hall of Famer there's also a period in the main event before the main event they went to break after Jericho made his entrance and Jericho yeah. spent the entire break just pretend I mean, he was boo-earnsing the crowd because they were say, yeah. saying stupid dick and he's like what? Katie Vick? what? John Wick? <laughs> uh, we don't deserve him he's too good for us like I appreciate any of the wrestlers who get on the mic in the fight break because we have to watch it and entertain you, keep you keep you from getting bored. Yeah, Mox did it as well. <laughs> Two professionals, Mox and Jericho. Where we had Rio and Shanna against Emi Sakura and Jamie Hayter in what I thought was a really damn good wrestling match. Yeah, for all the slack, the slack. For all the slack, yeah, that's the word. I wasn't just making that up. Mm-hmm. That the AEW women's division gets. Like, they consistently put on real good matches each week. <laughs> like, they gave this match 15 minutes at the top of the hour. If you're like, they don't have confidence in their women's division, I don't think you're watching the television show. Jamie Hayter is still really good. Emmy Sakura is so damn good. Yeah, just everyone in this match is so damn good. Yeah, and, and Shana, Shana or Shana, whichever one it is, had a really good showing again, and Rio was mostly standing on the apron, but... And then taking the pin. And taking the pin, which was a really fun... Like, I'm, I'm very excited for that match after this. Rio and Emi Sakura is the AW Women's I Championship was... match at uh, Full Gear, and I am excited. I'm excited about it because I have heard nothing but good things about their previous matches. Mm-hmm. I just hope they can do the story justice with like some sort of a pre-match vignette. Uh, well, if they didn't do it here, they're probably not going to do it anywhere, unfortunately. Well, they'll probably do the vignette before the match on the pay-per-view. <laughs> to, for to the, the elaborate build to Emi Sakura and Rio. She pinned well, her no, once. <laughs> all you need to have is them talking about the student-teacher dynamic. You don't need to, like... It doesn't need to be an in-ring feud. Mm. The story's already there. It exists. But they haven't told it. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They can tell it literally before the match happens. I feel like that's too late. But you know how many Road 2 style vignettes we put over each week on this show? That's yeah. all they gotta do. If they put it on this show, I'd agree with you. Putting it before the match on the pay-per-view is too late. <sighs> Brandy Rhodes, Lee, I'm talking depth about Brandy Rhodes. I was gonna take a drink of water, but uh, I suppose I can talk about Brandy Rhodes. Why is she a voodoo lady? <laughs> I don't know. I thought that her delivery here was very good, because she's a very good promo, but like... She performs like an actress. Yeah. She, the way she, she reads her lines is like she's acting. Her delivery is probably far and above. Every, like her and Cody are respectively probably the best. But Jericho as well. But some of the best promos in the company. But yeah, she just reminded me of Sammy doing Brandy's cadence in the Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have this bubbly, which is uh, uh, lower carbs, but this one is better taste. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Give him a little kiss. Uh... But we, yeah, we have Brandy. She's she's coming. She's coming for people who bullied her. I think, and basically, if she's manager who, of Kong, I don't, mind, I don't know. Allie? <laughs> did Allie bully her? I don't know. The people but like people who tweeted are her. Gonna, are they going to be a tag team? I hope. I really hope it's just manager. Like like if if this is mostly if you think back to the Raisha Said and Awesome Kong relationship where Aid occasionally wrestles a tag partner or fall taker for Kong and Kong was the star. If that's the relationship here, I don't really mind it. Yeah. 
Um, if it's the other way around, got... if it's uh, yeah. if it's Kong <laughs> being the heater for Brandy, I have more oh. of a problem with that. Yeah. Um, we got clarification in this promo that Brandy isn't running the women's division, which is not like on screen had been established before with her making changes to matches. Yes, so we've been told she she, she has either given that up or they pretended it never happened. Yeah. Well, she said like she never wanted to, so I'm guessing that's admitted that she did, but now she's not. Mm. Sean Spears is boring even in squash matches. And it was a good little squash match. Yeah. I didn't like love it, but like I did enjoy Sean Spears' GCW parody shirt. It was also pretty wild to see a GCW parody shirt on AEW. Well, there was CCW footage on this show as well. So, well, those are different companies, Garrett. I'm saying wild hardcore footage on the show. God, Sean Spears beat Brandon Cutler with his uh, death running Death Valley Driver. It was a match. Janela beat him up after the post match angle was pretty good. Janela ran him out afterwards. Uh, did you see? Uh, Sean Spears trying to murder Joey Janela. He didn't try to murder him. He just tried to remove a tooth or two. No, people are misconstruing this angle, by the way. He didn't try to, like, remove a tooth. He was prying open his mouth to put a cigarette in it. Oh. well, they they, put a lit cigarette in his mouth. Well, they cut the video beforehand, so that's not my Mm. fault. Damn you, AEW Dark. Telling stories. I haven't actually watched this week's Dark yet because it was delayed. We got a, a video package for John Moxley and Kenny Omega in which John Moxley is like, what was he going to do? Chain wrestle me? Of course he wants this to be a hardcore match. Uh, Omega oh. said that. Yeah, me. same thing. They're the same person. I did um, like that, though. Yeah. It, um, this little um, bit was in the AEW Countdown special mm. that we did. So if you liked that, go watch the AEW Countdown special. It's really good. Because they, they haven't had a ton of talky-talk build from Omega anyway. And Moxley cut a promo last week. I got a good little um, portion to talk about uh, with Omega and Mox from the countdown thing that you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. But they basically did a, a spot where Mox was walking around the 2300 arena and talking about his time at CCW. A lot of CCW footage in it. And um, then they cut to Omega, who's like, that, that building ain't shit. I work the Tokyo Dome, Budokan Hall, Kudokan. <laughs> like, it, it was really funny because like, they filmed DD, uh, Kenny Omega's DDT return. So there's a lot of footage from that. And it was just really funny, like, Moxie's, like, putting it, like, oh, this is where, like, stories are told, hearts are made, uh, medalists tested, and then Omega's like, that ain't shit. <laughs> Michael Jackson sang here. It was weird that they had the the CZW logo blurred. Yeah, maybe they didn't want to give them the promotion, but they wanted to use the footage. So they paid for the footage? That, that's, like, like, one, if CZW signed that deal where they allowed that, bad. But Yeah, but they need any money they can get. That's probably true. Maybe they were using it under fair rights, in which that would have been dodgy. <laughs> kind of dickish, too. Like, come on, guys. Uh, that brings us to our main event, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page against Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, which was a good, solid main event. Nothing special, but a fun tag match. Yeah, um, about the same as the Hangman-Dustin match, or the not as good as the Mox-Puck tag. Yeah, it's, so, it's yeah. interesting. Barred the... the the Derby match, which I thought was really, really, really good. Jericho's been delivering these, like, three and a quarter star main events, hasn't he? Yeah, but, like, do you want much more from Jericho? Like Five I'm, I'm star here to, main here, events. <laughs> I'm here to I'm here to listen to Jericho talk about Bubbly and <laughs> make fun of Cody. <laughs> like, I don't care what his match output is. Uh, then we had our, 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 our AEW love their, po- their big old brawls, but they do I, damn well work, don't they? I was watching the time left on the on the bar while, while this was happening, and I was like, yes, five minutes left, it's going to be a post-match brawl. Yeah. So, so uh, everybody came out. Well, uh, first Park um, cost Hangman the match. Yeah, which again, AEW and their chief finishes. I'm watching them, Liam. But they said they wouldn't do them. Like the, as I said, most of them make sense. Like, in isolation, I don't think I've disagreed with the idea of any of these finishes. Like, like you don't want to pin Hangman clean, so you have Pac kick him in the nuts, and then Jericho pins him, so he has an out. But they do this every week, and that, it, mm. it adds up. And especially when Marty costs Cody the title on Sunday. That's, Saturday. If they do it in a freaking pay-per-view <laughs> match, I'll be mad. Or, like, if I'm fine with TV matches, I'll get over it. If they do it in a pay-per-view match, I will be legitimately mad. Mm. But, uh, but we did see a hell of a Judas effect. Oh, we did. All the Judas effects are good. And we had Judas play twice on the show. If Jericho wins, it means we have Judas play twice. So that's <laughs> did ideal. Did you see? Like, there was a point where 
um, Jericho's making his entrance, and JR and Tony were just talking about how much they love Judas. <laughs> yeah, they went to break. Uh, I posted that clip to my own Twitter, Liam, so he's cl- thank you for not keeping up to my, con- with my content. It's fine. But JR's like, <laughs> J- J- like, I love that song. And Tony's like, oh yeah, so do I. I have it, Sp- I have it on Spotify. And JR bur- gave him a sick bird. It's like, I thought you'd have it on 8-track. <laughs> You're old, so am I. I going to say, aren't you older, JR? I, w- I wish Tony Giovanni okay boomer JR. <laughs> oh, they missed an opportunity for Excalibur to say okay boomer to JR. <laughs> the day, like, he just gets fed up of JR, that's exactly what he will do. God, what a... Yeah, exactly, that's what they should do. That's how they should write JR off commentary. He just gets so offended at okay boomer that he leaves and never comes back. <laughs> and he doesn't actually say anything. Excalibur's like, okay boomer. And he just gets up and leaves, and you never hear a word from <laughs> throws him again. The, he throws the mic down. Everybody attacked everybody afterward. MJF came out to make the save. Cody came out to lay out uh, Jericho. Mox and, and um, Omega like saved each other, but then turned on each other. Yeah, it was cool. Mox and Omega had their standoff again with the bat and the broom, but LAX interrupted them. But then they fought off LAX. Then they turned to look at each other and did the pull apart punches down the the thing. Then Nick Jackson jumped off the stage. <laughs> Just like that felt very TNA to me. It did all these like like, but like that's not a bad thing by any means. But like, I just I was like, this feels like TNA. Like, go back and watch a, a TNA go home show from from two thousand five, two thousand six, and all of them end in these kind of roles. Every single one of them, and probably with someone jumping off a tunnel. Usually Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Nick Jackson is the new Jeff Hardy. Confirmed. Well, we've known that for a very long time. <laughs> I can't wait for Nick Jackson's eventual singles run in AEW. He should be AEW champion someday. He probably will be. Yeah, as I said, you've seen this brawl kind of before, because I think they've done it basically like four but times. every time, TV. it's great. It's good every time. It works every This is a really good go-home show, too. Not that I wasn't excited for full gear, but like I've come out of the show being like, I'm very much looking forward to every match on that show. Mm-hmm. Or at least yeah, every, this every- is... It's almost like Dynamite is really good at hyping you up for the next show. Yeah, it's a good wrestling show. It's a good, fun wrestling show. I like wrestling, Liam. I like good wrestling shows. WWE NXT. Go! (laughs) Okay, it took two minutes for me to hate this show. Why? I despise the Survivor Series angle that they do every year. Where we put beside all of our beefs and we go and we defend the brand that we love so much because it fucking sucks. The brand supremacy fights from people that, like, there was a draft three weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why do you have this loyalty? But I guess we should briefly talk before we touch on NXT. Have you seen the Cole main events where he wrestled Rollins and Brian? No, they're fake shows. In your head, Canon, does only NXT exist? <laughs> yes. Well, like, I, uh, Hell in a Cell was my breaking. I watched probably more WWE in the month before Hell in a Cell than I've watched in the last two years, and it was terrible. And Hell in a Cell featured the worst main event I've seen in a very long time, and I'm like, I'm done. I can't watch this yeah. shit anymore. Even if, it's, even if it gets good. I'm like, you have broken me for long enough that I, I'm just not going to watch for a very long time. See, I had the benefit of I don't think watching any WWE show this year. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I'll watch Adam Cole versus Daniel Bryan. It's a great match. Um, that being said, I really hate these invasion storylines. But my when it happened, right, I was like, I hate this. It's bad. But if there's one thing that good can come out of it is maybe the midsection of NXT can become interesting because they do like mid-card dream matches. But then I didn't even get that. <laughs> I, thought, yeah, I thought that was very strange in that NXT invaded SmackDown. And they invaded Raw, and then they just send Styles, Gander, uh, Anderson, and Gal. Like only three of them go to NXT. They couldn't be bothered. Send the Ogs. <laughs> they said the OGs, the uh, the, the, the Ogs, the Ogs, indeed. Not uh, uh, not Homicide and Hernandez. That would be much better. Wait, no, they're not. They're not the Ogs anymore, are they? They're they're no yeah, no they're, they're the the they're the OC, OC the Ox the only club that matters. But is there ever been a more gotten to thing than constantly referring to the OC as the only club that matters? Well, in the main event, you had those three. You had Adam Cole and you had Finn Balor all out there. It's like, wasn't that fun? <laughs> you had all the bullet and he did club the little people. Pew pew hands and he did the two sweet. You know what annoyed me about that? <laughs> like what? it's such a nerd thing to get angry about. 
But Mara's like, oh, we've seen that before. And it's like, no, we didn't. Devitt left, and then Styles came in at the end of the show. They never interacted. Yeah, one booted the other. Well, not even booted the other. Kenny booted Devitt. No, um, the Bucks booted Devitt. Same Kenny thing. booted Styles. Oh, yeah. I, don't I know my... my Bullet Club kicking out lore. I don't have my Bullet Club lore straight. It all blends into one. Um, well, do you want to know what happened, Garrett? Uh, it was Devitt versus Taguchi in an unofficial Loser Leaves Town match, but it was kind of billed that way. And then in the match, the Bucks attacked Taguchi, Devitt told them to stop, and they turned on Devitt mid-match. That was Devitt's goodbye. And then later on in that show was AJ's debut. So we've never seen it before, Maro. Shut up. Yeah, Maro. How about you learn about Japanese wrestling, idiot? So, I do hate... I hate... Like, there's some weird dystopian future meta-commentary to be had about brand supremacy. We're fighting on yeah. behalf of the brand. This the brand m- that we didn't even know if we were on three weeks ago. This meaningless- I almost g- I get it from NXT's perspective, right? Because the young, quotation marks, they are a bunch of young, hungry talent that are trying to work their way up and prove themselves against the main roster, quotation marks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they're trying to prove themselves. I get it from their perspective. It's just, why would anyone on Raw or SmackDown give a shit? <laughs> Like, AJ Styles is the famous face that ran the place on SmackDown, currently fighting for Raw. I'd get it if it was more Raw and SmackDown versus NXT. Mm. That would make more sense to me. But Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT is weird. You know what's funny, also? I'm going to screw this whole format. We're not even talking about NXT anymore. Um, (laughs) The very clear match is Undisputed Era versus the OC, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the match that everyone wanted and was expecting. So much so that I wrote that down as my main event. (laughs) I didn't even realize that it was just a random assortment of dudes. I assume that will be the Survivor Series match, in fairness. Well, do you think it'll have Devitt? Uh, Well, Devitt will probably be doing Gargano on the TakeOver, so maybe? Yeah, but all all the other guys are working double shots. Yeah. Unless you cut it down to three and dump strong, maybe? Yeah, Yeah, but why would you even... Nah, you gotta do it all four, four v four. Not... Then it's Raw and NXT versus NXT. Sure. <laughs> so Pete Dunne took on Damian Priest in a rematch from two weeks ago, where Damian Priest kicked him in the dick with the bullseye. We we did have that opening segment where they got mad. Who cares there. about it? I I, 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 I got annoyed because it was all just tar terrible WWE speak. But yeah, it's main roster. It's main roster opening segment of Raw. AJ Styles says some bad scripted lines. Bobby Fish threw up blood on the onto a truck, as one does. Uh, yeah, De- De- Pete Dunne, Damien Priest. I I thought their last match was good, not great. I thought this match was decent, not good. Yeah, I, I like this match, but I don't think it was better than their last match. Yeah, it was. Did you see, did you hear that? Maro got another bullseye. He, 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 he stopped. <laughs> he loved that pun so much. He got another one in. Yeah, with all due respect to David Beckham, no one can bend it like Pete Dunne. Yeah, this was a match. <laughs> Would you rather Grumpy JR calling your shows or Mara with a ton of references calling your shows? <sighs> JR is less annoying to me, less consistent. Honestly, the thing that annoys me more about Mara is he doesn't modulate. Mm. It's always up at 100%. It's never, you know, build it to 100%, and that grates on me. So probably JR, because I can, I can at least tune JR out. Or so you can just yell at JR and tell him to pull his head in for a week, and then he'll do it for at least one week. I wouldn't mind if this rivalry lasted as long as a Ken Burns documentary. I would. They're not having very good matches. That <laughs> <laughs> was a sassy mood. Killian Dane attacked Pete Dunne after the match. Apparently Tyler Bate didn't bother showing up to help him this week. <laughs> I, I wrote something, but I can't read my writing, so give me a second. Uh, do I have a Mauro quote to read? Uh, no, uh... No, okay, I realize that it says. I just thought, I thought, like the best thing about this match was in the post brawl segment where like um, Priest was getting like the better of him, and then he punched him, and it was with his broken hand, and he sold it, and then Dane threw him into the thing, and th- the commentary didn't mention it at all. Yeah, I was like, that was the best thing about this whole match and angle, and you didn't bring it up. I did like the finger cracky spot this week. Yeah, Archer was doing his little arrow thing, and he just grabbed his hand and went boop. So this match is like evident of NXT's bigger problems, which is they can't push someone for more than three weeks at a time. Damien Priest has lost after winning. It's it's all 50-50. Oh, it's just... This this was Damien Priest's, like, lost, lose, this was his streak. Mm. Lost. <laughs> did you know he had a streak? I did not know he had a streak. <laughs> yeah, this this was his streak. I knew he had a streak of wins against Pete Dunne. He had that going for him. Oh, he had one. <laughs> one and oh. 
it's undefeated. Like, you'll see it again later in the Isaiah Scott match, but like they push for people for two weeks at a max, and then they then they give them to someone else who will lose in two weeks, and like they, they wonder why they only have five stars on this brand. Who's Tanara being built up for then? Um, to lose to I don't know Dakota Kai when she turns heel. Sure. Uh, Dakota Kai is like, I want a spot. Why didn't? Why doesn't Dakota Kai have a spot in that match? By the way, um, she was the one who lost to the Kabuki Warriors, so Rhea was like, Ew. "That's not very nice." I I actually really didn't like that. I didn't like that this show became about everyone wants a part uh, of hist- wants to be a part of history. They want to be a part of history in the first women's war games. I liked that they organically set up the fact that these people have a reason to have a war games match. And then all of a sudden they pull the rug out from under that. It's like, oh, Tainara is facing Santara Garrett to try and impress impress Rhea Ripley to be in the war games match. And Dakota Kai wants to battle Shayna Baszler to impress Rhea Ripley to be in the, to be part of history. It's like, no, these people should want to fight each other in war games, not have a war games match for the sake of having a war games match. Yeah. I thought it was really good last week. Like, they organically built that to a moment where war games made sense, and then they pulled the rug out from under it. It's like, we want NXT to be good. Yeah. And when they they do good things, we're really positive. But it's like, they they throw out everything they good they do the next week. It's just, there's, yeah, there's no long-term plan. As you said, it's the same thing with the Finn Balor turn, where it's like, that was so well done! And then the next week he comes out cutting this shitty-ass shoot promo about how he had to lay down for The Fiend, and you're like, who gives a shit about this? Clearly they should have built up to Finn Balor versus The Fiend at Survivor Series for brand supremacy. Tanara and Santana Garrett wasn't a particular... I thought Tanara looked okay. Santana didn't look particularly good here. Santana Garrett's usually solid. I haven't seen enough to make a judgment call, but um, I did see the clip going around of the slow motion spot. It's very, very slow. It is. Yeah. Poor girls. Yeah. Uh, like, this match, it's like one of those NXT matches where you just have nothing to say about it. Mm. Like, will this will this win even matter in the long run? Like, no, because she'll probably lose in a week. She'll be fed to Rhea Ripley or, or, or Shayna Baszler and it'll only nothing, yeah. Bianca Belair or someone. Like... Tanara throwing shade like a sun visor on social media. Who would know? I don't follow her. Actually, we might, because I followed all the NXT people from the War Games account, but I don't follow her personally. Tanara, uh, her gimmick is that she thinks she is very hot, and she's a judica. Her judo stuff wasn't bad in this match. Yeah, because it's, like, legitimate. (laughs) Just actually hurt the other person, it'll work out great. (laughs) Shayna Baszler wrestled Dakota Kai. I like this. Shayna Baszler is different on this show, so she always stands out. Yeah, I like. I don't think we've been anything but positive about Shayna because everyone else wrestles the same million mile an hour PWG style, and she doesn't. So she stands out, and she does a little of that, but she does, as I said, PWG withholds, <laughs> and it works as something different yeah. on this show. I like Shayna a lot. I do like that. Um, yeah, she was proven right. <laughs> She's like, Dakota Kai's not good enough and is a bad pick. And Dakota Kai lost, proving Shayna right. Uh, like, like Mia Yim comes out after the match, full Singapore cane. HBRC. She laying everybody out. And then later they're like, yeah, you're out. Mia's in. See ya. And she just kind of was like, okay. She just kind Do you think sulks. she's going to be on Shayna's team? Uh, I think that would be... Why, why aren't the other two of the horsewomen on Shayna's team? Why are, like, why are, why are they suddenly dumped? <laughs> Yeah, we booked this so much better when we thought it was five versus five and Tony was going to be the the good girl. Even if it's just Mia Yim as the, the extra body, like, there you go, five on five. So, Dakota Kai probably now the, on so, Shayna's team? Yeah, Dakota Kai turning probably makes sense. Because she, she certainly had her boo-boo face on, so. Mm. But she lost. Like, you, you think, you think um, Nox would stand up for her friend more than just like, well, you did lose. <laughs> yeah, you're out. <laughs> And you lost last week. You let us down. We lost the tag titles because of you. It's like, she was just let her friend get bullied out. Uh, Angel Garza faced Tony Nese in a match that existed. Garza pulled his pants off. To, to I really like Garza bomb. and Nice's gear. They both had nice, bright colored gears. Nice, yeah, I like Nice's. Nice looks like a great professional wrestler. Shame he isn't one. <laughs> he pulls out some good matches. He's 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 a good hand in any division, but like he's just never a guy. I'm like Tony Nice. 
I want to hmm. watch a Tony Nese wrestling match. I thought Angel Garza was already the number one contender. Well, he won. Who did he beat last week? Jack Gallagher. Yeah, so I guess they needed to give him another win. Apparently, again, he's still a heel. They gave him that that big babyface video package last week where he's like, "I like, I want to honor my uncle Hector Garza," and now he just punched frick or slapped Leo Rush in the face. So he's a but heel. they also booked him against heel Tony Nice. It's I I. I, this show makes no sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Leo and Angel's probably going to be very good, though. I did like the spot where Tony Nese powerbombed his pants. <laughs> just some, just, so what you're saying is, this match would have been better in DDT. It probably would have been. Dominic Dijakovic. No Do we? I don't have a Mara quote. Do you have a Mara quote? I don't have a Mara quote. I'm out of Mara quotes this week, either because oh. I tuned him out or he didn't say them, it's probably more likely the latter than the former. We're really um, dipping this week on our Myro quota, huh? Uh, quota, very good. That's 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 a Myro yeah. reference of your own. <laughs> I'll just start making up my own Myro quotes. Just coming up with your own stuff. Uh, Andrew Rich is is a host of Music of the Mat, is the Myro Whisperer. That man can come up oh. with s- some... some very authentic sounding Mauro quotes in the, on the drop of a hat. There was a Juice World one this week, and I forgot it, but it was very awkward. <laughs> it, was, it was something about the Gaza dynasty having all the all the juice of lucha in the world. Mm. And I was like, ugh. Dominic Dijakovic beat Isaiah Scott. In a, again, it was a good match. It was a good match. Uh, I, I liked uh, it less than the recent sprint. Like, the Bronson Reed sprint was better. The Riddle and Trevor Lee sprint was better. But this was, this was a fun little TV match. Uh, the Scott Strong match was better. Yeah. So, uh, on, on, uh, in the rankings of recent TV sprints, uh, it's it's good, but below other gooder ones. Gooder is a word, Liam. Yes, gooder. But it's like I said, right? Like NXT continues to book these lose lose matches where like both guys shouldn't take the loss, and it's mm. perplexing, and I don't get it. Well, I, Isaiah Scott's—he's not a guy. I guess he's just a guy to lose the guys they want to push. But they look like they were doing something with him. They gave him the big six-man win where he was a surprise partner. They they yeah. they mentioned that he won on two hundred five, and then he just loses the Dijak. In fairness, he lost a strong too. So <laughs> they've already taken. So the what, air what out you're of saying the is he had a two-week build. <laughs> Yeah, he had a two-week build to lose the strong, and then he's just fed the Dijak. Io Shirai will face Mia Yim next week in a ladder match to gain advantage in more games. Sure. Why not? <laughs> I don't know why it's a ladder match, but sure. Yeah, because they're going to put the, the right above the ring. Hmm. And probably because someone from SmackDown will probably come down and push them off the ladder at some point. Of course. Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, and Tommaso Ciampa went to, I, I assume, a no contest with the OC? There yeah. Was- uh, Keith Lee hits Styles with a pounce, pounced him into the referee, which it was, was a sick ref bump. <laughs> it was a good, it was a very good finish. Well, it was a good bump. The finish was lame and a cop out, but it was a good match. I thought everything it after was a TV match. Yeah, the, everything after the Riddle Hot tag was a lot of fun. There was a good like two or three minutes after that was great, and the rest of it was just like preamble. It was the most TV main event, TV main event you could TV main event. It was indeed, and then we had a variation on the NX or on the AEW ending on NXT, basically where everyone came out and had a little brawl. And then we had the cool moment where Finn pulled out his finger guns and pew pew, and and Styles threw up the two sweet, and it was like ah, Bullet Club, the only club that matters. All these Bullet Club friends together again. And then Cole came out and did a Shining Wizard again, also a former Bullet Club member. <laughs> I do like that they, um, he also, like, beat up Champa. Like, it wasn't old brand supremacy, yeah. Mm, there's, there's still like, some NXT stories bleeding into it. <laughs> Thank God some NXT stories bled into the NXT show. <laughs> Eventually they got there in the end. So do you think we're going to get AJ versus Cole next week? Um, that would be a big match. Who would lose? Ugh. Well, Cole beat Brian. That's true. I don't, but... I didn't see the... Rollins match, but I assume he beat Rollins. So I there was like some sort of a DQ. I think they went to a DQ there, and in fact, Buddy Murphy beat Daniel Bryan, so they don't give a shit about pitting Daniel Bryan. Did <laughs> mm, Cole versus Styles US versus NXT title or some shit? Well, then you'd have to have one of those people win one of those titles. <laughs> yeah, I'd have Cole win it. Gotta establish NXT as a main roster. Sure. 
I wonder, does NXT get it? Because NXT have a, a very prominent role on Raw and SmackDown this week. Do you think they get a bump from that? They're going to get a bump from just not being against the World Series in general. Do you yeah. think more people watch NXT because they've been all over the other shows? I think 80,000 people more will watch NXT so from like seeing it on Raw and SmackDown. 600 and something thousand people watch NXT this week. It's going to be hard not including the World Series bump, mm. but I think that's about the amount of people that will watch new at least for one week before they go Ugh, and then turn off all right match of the week oh jesus you pick first i haven't thought about it uh i'll go the women's tag match on aw i thought that was a really good match i'm gonna give it to park and trent also a very good match uh and because mm. <laughs> there's a ton of doubt about which of these shows we prefer <laughs> Liam, which of these shows did you prefer? I preferred um, Friday Night Smackdown because the Brian versus Cole match was really good. AW? AW. Uh, 65-35 AW on the poll from 172 as well. A little bit closer. I think, I think that might just suggest a few more people watched NXT this week. Nice. Uh, that's Liam, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, at War Games Pod, where Liam sent one tweet from it today. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm tweeting. You tagged it with an L as well, so people know it's you. Yeah, I didn't because I didn't think you'd want to be blamed for a meme being tweeted. Here, I'll, re- I'll retweet it from my personal account, like a nice person. I, I won't <laughs> live on the podcast. Wow, look at this. If you would like more AEW coverage of ratings and television news, and actually Mike Spears was at this show this week, you can listen to Everything Elite. So you can get live impressions from the show from Mike Spears, Nate, and Aaron Bentley. Every You can also watch their new show, oh, yeah, AEW Light. Which is a very good name, isn't it? Mm. That's a, that's a, that's... I was mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good wordplay. Well done with AEW Light. They put that out every Tuesday as a bit of a preview of the show. Uh, you can, yeah, but the everything elites every usually Thursday night. Uh, Shake them ropes covers all of the WWE television shows. So if you want more of that, that's every Saturday. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryKidneyGA or E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. You can follow the podcast, as Liam mentioned, on Twitter at WarGamesBod. You can follow Liam on Twitter at Larrikin, just to spite him. <laughs> and remember, if you want to use me for any of your voice work, please go through Garrett Kidney. I am his agent. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.